0: All right. So we are at our Men of Destiny teaching. Um, we're talking about um, we're in our foundational teaching on faithfulness. Faithfulness is the thing that we're going to teach. You should have a handout, um, brothers that are here, um, that uh, will help you to do that. Um, if you guys could turn the lights up so that uh, the brothers can make sure they can not miss anything here. Um, I'd appreciate that. Um, And so the foundation on teaching is on faithfulness. And so just as a review, I have um, a list from the previous time um, there that you have on the handout where we gave you 10 key observations on men of destiny. And I'll just run through this a little faster because you have that um, from last week. But I promised you a handout. And so I'm giving you that. And then I'll cover new material and then I'll give you the handout for that. First of all, when we looked at the men that came to David, number one, they came from anywhere and everywhere. Two, they were committed to dealing with strongholds from their past and generational curses. Don't just let stuff linger in your family line. And then you saw it in your granddad, your dad, and then you not do something about it in your generation to make sure that your son has a better opportunity than you had. Three, they, they do what it takes to deal with strongholds, even if it seems to be under control. And that was the one where one of David's mighty men, the scripture tells us that he went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed the lion. In other words, the lion was there roaring, but he was in a pit. He couldn't. He was in, in imminent danger. But if it ever got out, it would cause some problems. Because sometimes people know they have issues in their lives. You know, I got this habit i got this thing it's not affecting anything yet but i know if i don't fix it it could grow up to hurt me later all right and so that's what we mean when we say deal with stuff yeah i got a, I got a anger issue my marriage my marriage isn't broken my marriage isn't broken but every once in a while i just kind of go off on her right and um so he's saying please you know a man of destiny doesn't just allow that kind of stuff to happen without dealing with those things that are even aren't to the point where they're destroying stuff because they have the potential. If I don't deal with it to have it, if I don't master it one day, it might grow up to master me. Number four, um, they were not, not too proud to do what works and has worked for others. All right. Because some, some people say I'm, I'm my own man. And usually that means that that they're not teachable and being your own man and teachable is not the same thing. Right. Um, number five, a man of destiny. They were committed to the vision and provision for their spiritual leadership. They gave to support the work and the worker of God. Pastor, you just saying that because you're a pastor. No, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, um, I do that for my spiritual leaders. It's why I'm here is because I understand and have accepted the grace that came on my life from following and supporting the men and women of God that I consider to be leaders in my own life. Six, their hand, quote unquote, is stuck on the word of God. Um, you know, one, one, one of the mighty men fought the enemy until his sword was frozen in his hand. That means, listen, whatever I'm dealing with in my life, man, I'm swinging the word at that thing. How, how, how long i am going to swing? I'm going to keep swinging until I'm never giving up on the word. Number seven, they stuck to the word even when everyone else gave up. I, it doesn't matter who gets off of this. This is how I'm committed for my whole life. Eight, we talked about this. The leader was a Dino. He practiced at the point his name was changed to one that was long and slender. In other words, he was just like his weapon. He was one with his weapon. And the scriptures told us that he killed 800 men and all of them, you know, he knew who to hit first. Right. So one of the things the scripture says, your enemies come out against you one way and flee in all seven directions. That means you got to have sense enough when there's a bunch of problems facing you, which is the one thing that if you knock it down, the next stuff will fall down like dominoes. All right. And then um, 10, they were willing to work for and in their position of authority, right? We talked about it in the context of marriage, that single men work to get married and then take advantage of the woman or take her for granted after they got married. They work for the position, but don't work in the position. That's why I tell you, listen, listen, don't stop courting her just because you married her, right? That's when you can really court her for real, for real. Okay. everything before then, you got to have boundaries. Ain't no boundaries. Right. Okay, so you can really continue to strive for the for the person that God gave you. Right. We talked about and you see there the definition of what mental destiny is on your handout. So I won't go there for the sake of time. Um, Four common, the four pillar principles. Right. Our church is big on uh, we use apostolic language. An apostle is just a sent one. But one of the revelations of the apostle is that they build into people's lives. So they use architectural language. The apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 3, 11 and 12, about 10 through 12, it talks about him being a wise master builder. The Greek word there is architect now where we get the word architect. So it has a language of a builder. Right. So it talks about a foundation being lively stones. And then it talks about being built up. And then one of the things that God promises is that there are certain people who would be so instrumental to the work in the house of God that they would be like these pillars holding things up. And so um on the uh we have, you know, we have uh, on one of our our, our boards uh, around um, in our sanctuary, pillar principles upon which the church is built. But now we're talking about pillars upon which your life is built. You as a person. As a man of destiny, these are your four pillar principles. Number one is courage, which we said is the boldness to face life and the pursuit of destiny with steadfast confidence in God and his word. Whatever situation you face, you face real deals, Right? The devil isn't playing patty cake with you. So every man has a certain time in their lives where they just have to face up to some things that aren't just going away easily. All right. And so the expectation is that you're going to face those things with the same courage that David faced Goliath with. It's a big thing, but you believe that God's going to help you take it out. To the point where you not only get the victory for yourself, but you get the victory for your family and your community. So you have confidence in God and that you have confidence that God will will keep his word in your life. And so you don't step away from situations. You step into situations, not in your own strength, but you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Right. Then there is chivalry. Chivalry is to govern relationships by the word of God, especially with women. Right. Now, even before the Me Too movement, we were supposed to be men of integrity. But child, please, like today, you you better know it's cheaper to zipper. (laughs) Hopefully you got the memo (laughs) because sisters ain't playing. But God wasn't playing before sisters weren't playing. Amen. Yeah, God, it was always a big deal with God, how you took care of yourself in terms of your integrity. I was. I was studying this, just meditating this one day. I'm looking for a specific something that God gave me on this in in my prayer time, just about the fact that, you know, we we were always supposed to be men of integrity. This is the thing that came to me. In the era of the Me Too movement, let me say something that should be, but apparently uh, should be apparently obvious, but clearly is not. It's easier to go from celibacy to monogamy than it is to go from promiscuity to monogamy, right? It's easier to go from zero women to one woman than it is to go from two to one. Now the math just says it's just one, like zero plus one is one and two minus one is one, but I'm telling you, it's easier to go from zero to one than it is to go from two to one, right? Chivalry, okay? Um, And if you can control yourself and you can control yourself to know if she wants to be your one. That's in defense of abstinence. That's understanding that virginity is a virtue, that it's cheaper to zipper because we're men of destinies and sisters ain't playing. All right. Those were my notes. Hallelujah. That was that's free. All right. The third one, the third pillar principle for us is ability to have ever increasing personal ability enabled by the by the grace and principle principles of God's word. All right. You believe that God has called you to something, whatever that something is, you should master your craft. Right. You should be in a process of continuing education. Don't just ask God to give you more and then you don't develop more capability. I like this the way my covenant brother, Dr. Foster, said life gets better because you do. (laughs) Yeah, that means my ability should be increasing over time. Yeah, life's getting better because I am. All right. And then finally, substance to be men of substance, not fooled by the deceitfulness of riches, but ever increasing in kingdom resources. We believe that it is the will of God for us to always have um, to have more stuff, not to have stuff have us, but so that we have the resources. It is, you know, like God gave me a good woman, man. I want to have time where I can enjoy with her, right? God has given me, you know, beautiful, a beautiful child, right? We want to have the resources such that she has what it's necessary for her destiny. Right? And when I don't have it, I, I know how to have her walk in the same faith that I had from my heavenly father so that she can get what she needs to move forward. All right. Because God gives us richly good things to enjoy. All right. Hallelujah. And so on the 12 on, on the back of your handout, you have these 12 core Principles of men of destiny in terms of being examples, being a force behind the church, having good quality relationships beyond your race or your economics, destroying strongholds, living a life of diligence, learning from others so that you can inherit the promises, being visible, inspiring examples in the church. Okay, your pastor just had to stop there. I want not the brothers that's just up on the stage preaching. I'm supposed to be an example. If I am not an example, I'm your pastor. Then I did something wrong. Be an imitator of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Right. But the only example shouldn't be me. People should see your example of service to God and to God's house and be inspired to do more because you're doing more. Okay, so, you know. If your pastor is on his way and I haven't got here on time, come in and pray. I'm working because I'm working to get here. But we have spent almost a whole year now in prayer. We know how to pray. We know how to set an atmosphere. Right. So there are certain things that we do as an example. And as we grow, men will not just see my example, but they will see your example. Oh, Man, these brothers love to come. They love to fellowship with each other. But when it's time to get serious with God, they're coming in and praying. Right? Um, we it it also talks about being knowledgeable of the word of God, being aggressive men of faith, where we pursue the promises of God, that we display Christ-like character, that we walk in wisdom and personal in corporate situations of crisis so that we can walk in victory and that we command the attention and respect of the world through our character, through our service, through our substance. And then people say, man, those brothers over there are different. And then they also come to repentance when they see the power of God in our lives. All right. So that's the things we're believing for. Um, We're in the midst of our foundational our foundational teachings in the area of faithfulness, integrity, stewardship and trust and and sexual integrity specifically. Right. Um, so integrity is just you being a good person, having, you know, um, been a clean person. But sexual integrity is a special area that men have to master. It doesn't fix itself. If you had problems in that area when you was a little boy and you didn't fix it, it's still there. It's quiet up in here, but I'm telling the truth. That stuff don't. And listen, you don't marry out of your problem. <laughs> okay, because if we do, then we put we put burdens on our brides. That they were not created to carry. I can't. I can't control myself because because she she no longer make me happy. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. God did not require her to make you happy. Okay, minutes off the Okay, pastor is preaching good. Okay, if we don't get this right, I'm telling you. Stuff gets, stuff gets jacked up at home. Then people at work be, be, be tempting you and other things. Listen, listen, listen. I have to watch myself wherever I am. I was telling the saints, um, I think it was Tuesday night or one Tuesday night recently, how Lady Nedra and I, this is me and my wife. This wasn't me off doing something. Me and my wife. We went to um, the Canary Islands which is off the coast of Africa, but because of colonization is a part of Spain. Okay. Beautiful. It was kind of like a Hawaii type place. Um, But clearly I'm not in America. I'm in Europe. And so I go to the, um, we just go to the beach, me and my wife who was with me. Who did I say was with me? My wife was with me. Okay, so, you know, we just chilling. You know, I bring my books. I have my I always have something. So, I, you know, I have my iPad, you know, and then I have my notebook because sometimes God will talk to me when I'm sitting out there, you know, chilling on the sand, watching the water and the waves and having the wind. It's a time for me just to refresh with me and my wife and chill. And all of a sudden we out there on the beach, man, and there was a couple of sisters, man, they took off their tops and just boop. They was really sunbathing because I'm in Europe and for them, that was not a big deal. Ain't nobody, they wasn't tripping. Nobody around them was tripping, but I was like, chill. This was not what I was looking at. It's like, honey, I think we need to move. Okay. Now I can't see, I can't tell the world that they can't do what they are doing because sin is what sinners do. But I knew that I had to make sure I was okay. Cause I can't, if that's more attractive to me, than the ones God gave me to work with, then that's not my wife's problem, that's my problem. Got it? Okay, and so sometimes wives go out singing, I'm every woman. It's all in me. And listen, 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 listen. If you had a thing where you created an appetite in yourself that you needed variety of people, then that's your fault. And you got to deal with it. Right? Don't put that burden for her to try to become something. All right, man, you know, she 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 got, you know, when we was married, she was, you know, a Coke bottle. Now she looked like a six six pack. Two liter big go. And listen, bro, you haven't maintained your stuff neither. I'm just saying, I ain't mad at nobody. Age happens to all of us. What I'm saying is we have to be people that we have a certain level of commitment that we won't break regardless of who's around because we know God is always watching. Okay? All right. I didn't preach myself happy. All right. So for this series, those four foundational pillars, um, those, these, these, foundational teachings on faithfulness integrity, stewardship trust and sexual integrity. Um, we have objectives for this for this series of teachings and then objectives for this lesson on on um, integrity excuse me on faithfulness. number one for us for this series is, to lay the groundwork of discipleship for for a man to to begin to develop in the principles of men of destiny in terms of courage, chivalry, ability, and substance. Number two, to start the man of destiny on the road to commitment to the 12 core principles. So those things on that sheet, the reason I gave you that sheet is because I want you to, to ask yourself, okay, grade yourself. How am I doing? Am I, you know, when I read this, is this something that I can, Pledge allegiance to remember when we were in school, they told you we'd say this I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. Right? So, are you when you read those principles there? Are you a person? Can I read this and really commit myself that I'm going to be a person that's committed to these things? Now, listen. Character development is hard work. Nobody can go home with you. And make you the man of character that you want to be. Everybody's got to go home and do their own homework. And you can't be the guy that says, I went off because you made me mad. (laughs) Uh, uh-huh honey i hit you see because you made me see you you're not yet committed to the principles yet you follow me okay so we want to start down the road now listen even your pastor is not where i want to be but if you look at me now you would have to be able to say i'm not where i used to be all right um Chinese proverb says, not one of the Proverbs in the Bible. The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. If we're going to find the destiny path of God for our lives, we're going to have to start making steps in the right direction. Okay. If you have a mountain to climb, waiting won't make it smaller. I tell my guys this kind of stuff all day so they get to listen to me at work. They're like, pass it. They don't call me Pastor David because I'm at work. David, where you come up? Man, I I think about this stuff all the time. Right. Number three, to create a basis of identification, relationships, and consistent growth. We want to be able to acknowledge one another and see, man, I see see something in him that's a great character. Man, I've seen growth in him. I want to acknowledge that. I want to identify with him. I want to create... A a level of commitment amongst each other that we say, I don't want to let my brothers down. Right. If you have a workout partner, you know that sometimes you just need that guy to be there to spot you. Okay, man, I don't really feel like doing these reps, but because you told me we're going to do this together, I'm not going to stop because you there with me. That's what we mean identification, relationships, and consistent growth. And then finally, to assist the man of destiny in understanding his role as a commitment, as a committed, I'm sorry, a committed man in the body of Christ. I'll get that fixed. As a committed man in the body of Christ. All right. Understand that heaven is depending upon you to be committed. Like, I understood when I kneeled in this pulpit and my apostle, my bishop, and my principal prophetic father all laid their hands on me, anointed me, and my apostle charged me to be the pastor of this congregation, I understood that I was signing up to be committed to God, to this church and to you. I just want you to understand that I'm not the only man in this church that God's expected to be committed. I I understand that I have to be committed. I'm just telling you, I'm not the only person that God's looking to be committed God's looking for you to be committed to. And when you reach the place of commitment, there's other things that open up for you that doesn't open up for other people who haven't made the same sacrifice to the, to the body of Christ. All right. So we talked about these um, foundational principles, fist, faithfulness, integrity, stewardship, trust, and sexual integrity and in the midst of the sexual integrity we want to understand what I call the principles of the strange woman the strange woman is talks about in the book of Proverbs and we'll spend some time on it that there's times when you trying to do everything right and then somebody's trying to get you off the track you know there are women that like marry men you, you didn't know that like the your ring becomes attracted to like when you was <laughs> When you was by yourself and with nobody, did nobody want to talk to you? But now that you got somebody, you committed, then they attracted to you. All right? And so we're going to deal with some of that. All right. So faithfulness is what we're talking about today. Our lesson objectives on faithfulness. Number one, to understand the key biblical principles of faithfulness. Two, to realize the importance of why men need other faithful men in their lives. Listen, 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 listen. Not only must you be faithful but you need other brothers to be faithful with you like peer pressure can be positive it don't always have to be negative like like you you know you doing the right thing encourages me. I remember a time early in the ministry, man. I mean, like I would try to come. But Deacon Clarence was helping us do this stuff, and I wasn't good at it. I mean, you know, Pastor David does what he does, and what I'm good at, I'm really good at. But what I'm not, I'm not. I just wanted to be here to do what I could to help him because I understand that having somebody be faithful with you helps you to stay faithful, right? Number three, to recognize the distinctions of operating in faithfulness in the body of Christ. I've often said this to you, every disciple is a believer, but not every believer is a disciple, okay? I'm gonna say it, now I'm gonna say it, Every faithful man is a believer, but not every believing man is faithful. Some people believe, but when when the going gets tough, they get going. They <laughs> and they get going in the wrong direction. They stick with it until there's a problem. And a faithful person pushes past the problem and stays with the commitment that they've made, all right? So, scriptures For today proverbs 20 chapter 20 verse 6 and it says most men will proclaim each his own goodness but who can find a faithful man most men will proclaim each his own goodness but who can find a faithful man everybody will tell you how good they are but what men actually live out to being faithful Now, the same verbiage is used in Proverbs chapter 31 when it says, who can find a virtuous woman? Okay. Now, (laughs) even the hood rat hoe man, you know what I mean when I say that? I'm not trying to be disparaging. But the brother that don't, he still wants his woman to be faithful, even if he's not. They will they will play with a bunch of sisters and then try to come to church to find a faithful woman to take back out into the world. So she'll stay with him and be faithful, even though he don't plan on being anybody know I'm telling the truth. Right. You probably can name people just who you probably had a picture come up about people that are just like that. They they don't have no intentions on being faithful but they intend for the woman that they get to be faithful to them. And listen, with all of they hoeing around, they still get mad if she unfaithful and be ready to fight. The dude and her. Can I get an amen if y'all know some people like that? All right. But what the Bible says is that, that you need to be looking to find a faithful woman, a virtuous woman, but the counterpart, you need to be able to be found as a faithful man. Wow, God didn't have two standards. He expected both of us to be faithful. And that just because you say you good don't mean that you meet God's standard of faithfulness. Because it sounds like here that not faithfulness is not every place in the world. Not everybody lives out the standard that God would call faithful. Who can find them? They must not be in common They they, they must not be in an overabundant quantity, all right? And then Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, right? Because some people are believers making them saints, but they're not faithful, Right? That means that the book of Ephesus has certain promises that if you don't rise up to the level that God calls faithful, those promises won't work for you. Man, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may resist the devil. Man, you may not be able to resist if your faithfulness is wrong. There's all kinds of principles and promises in there, all kinds of good stuff that God wants to give you. But the scripture, the preamble of the whole book says that it only works for people who live out the example of faithfulness. What is faithfulness? All right, I got some definitions here. Dictionary definition says faithfulness is being consistently trustworthy, loyal, conscientious, and commitment to a person, promise, or duty. If I, if, If you're married, be committed to the person. And then watch it and grade yourself. You you at work, y'all had an argument at home. I know, I know y'all say y'all don't have arguments at home. Okay, just Pastor David. Okay, I can't then go to work and then start oogling a woman because I'm mad at the woman that I'm committed to at home. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? You got to watch it. Like, we having problems, and then this other thing starts to appeal to you more because in this moment, you're less attracted to the woman that you married to, but you committed to her. Right? To be conscientious of your commitment to a person and to promises that you made. People... P- I've been here, so I'm mad at Nobody. But people, you loan money and then they forget. Some people, I, I've had some, I don't even remember how much I borrowed. Bruh, for real, for real. I mean, if you needed it, just say, I need it and I can't pay you back. At least we can be honest about it. Versus making a promise. And if you make a promise and something happened, don't have them have to come find you. You find them. I promised you this, but this happened. I'm at least consistent. I at least started the promise with the intention of fulfilling it. I didn't have a plan to go out and then not and make get my word out and not have it just and just have it fall to the ground. Because I didn't even have a system to make sure I enforce the promises that I make to you. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sister Imani, I'll call you in a minute. All right. Um so, conscientious to a person, a promise or to duty. Like I believe as your pastor, I should have time away from y'all cuz listen. If I if this is all I did um after a while I start to grind down and I'm not effective anymore. But I never, I signed up for this. Man, it's tough. Dude, this is my duty. This is my assignment. God gave me this. So I don't, I don't, I, I work not to, I pray not. And if you get feedback like I make you feel guilty because I'm your pastor, I don't, I don't, it's that's, it's not like that. This is my duty. If none of y'all came, I was gonna be here today. Particularly now that I got the internet, I'll preach, I'll preach and make a recording if I didn't have nobody up in here. Because I'm gonna be faithful to the assignment God gave me. Right? If my wife wasn't, and just for the record, she is, but if she wasn't, anything she did wrong doesn't absolve me of my responsibility to be faithful, because I promised God. I have to create my own motivation for me to stay faithful. Okay. Now, I intend to be faithful to be your pastor. Now, you can make it difficult, but you can't make it impossible. You can make it hard on me in being faithful, but you can't make it impossible because I have to make that decision myself. Do you understand that a faithful a faithful man has an internal motivation to be consistent and conscientious of promises and the duty that he has to have. Some men hate going to work. Brother, suck it up, buttercup. I mean, you signed up for the family. Handle your business. I, I hate I hate my job. I mean, that's not a good confession to make to the place that you're asking God to increase you on. I'm just saying all right. Now, can you have difficult times? Yes. Can you have bosses and situations that are less than what you desire? Absolutely. Can you have times? Listen, you can be you can be serving faithfully in this job, asking God for the next one. That's cool. i ain't mad at nobody. You could be serving at this pay, needing more pay, but at least be faithful to what you got on the way to what you want. I hated this job so much that I I just quit. Okay, what's your plan? I don't know. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Did you have a word from God that you were supposed to quit and he was going to make a way? Or you just going to put that on your wife to help? She got to handle it until you get your act together. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Stuff happens. But make sure you don't walk away from your assignment. Do you see the principle we're talking about? Okay. Faithfulness. Consistent, reliable, sure, consciences and commitments to people and principles. Not just commitment to people, and you should be faithful to people. Like, as your pastor, I don't want to let you down. Like, you know, I've been working all week, and listen, I'm just as tired as you are. I I I know Saturday morning come early, come early for me too. Actually, it comes earlier because a lot of times I've worked so hard this week, I hadn't had a chance to get all of this stuff done. So I have to get up real early in the morning and get my hustle on to get here to give you what I got to give you. But I don't want to I don't want to let you down. I don't think just because I had a hard week absolves me from coming before you prepare to minister the word. So I'm committed to the people that God has sent me to because I'm asking him to give me more people. But I can't ask him for more if you if I don't show commitment to the people he already gave me. Does that make sense? All right. And to principles. God told you that this is how your life's supposed to be. Stick with it. I have to I have to have a commitment to the word of God to be a pastor. I can't just study and then give you. Listen, I had good notes. I can just come in here, preach old stuff that I I could just warm up something and just hope it sticks. Nah, bro. I want to make sure I'm asking God to give something fresh, hot, hot off the press, you know, fresh bread. I don't want you to get something moldy that I'm just trying to, you know, it worked before I'm going to try to stick it again. No, man, I'm asking God. Okay, that's what that's what he expects of you and character that is completely credible. The Bible definition is pistis to be trusted that's to be trusted reliable to be convinced to decide based on evidence in other words if people would judge you based on your character would you be would, would the evidence demonstrate that you were faithful they told daniel daniel had so much integrity this is the daniel and the lions den incident they said he is so faithful that the only thing that we can find against him has to be his commitment to the word of God. And they counted on him praying after they made the law not to pray. They were counting on him to be faithful so that they could destroy him. They were were counting on his faithfulness to pray. Am I right? They were standing there waiting for him to pray after the law was made so that they could run and tell the king that he just broke the law and they knew he was going to do it. They were, his enemies counted on his faithfulness. Would to God that our enemies could count on us to be faithful to the thing that God told us to do, even when they don't like us, even when they make it hard for us to do what God has called us to do, that we're going to be faithful regardless. Faithful person is trusted, reliable and sure. My working definition of faithfulness is a faithful person is a person who is trustworthy, steadfast in their adherence and devotion to principles, personal behavior and promises. All right. Listen, 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 listen. Now, see. I don't know about you, but uh, my, my bride, she likes me to mix it up every now and again. Right. Like. Um, I can go to the same restaurant. Four out of five days in a week and eat the same thing, and I'd be cool with it. But for her, that's just not enough variety. This is me. That's her. But I, I, but, but I use my faithfulness as, as a marketing thing to make sure she understands. I said, babe, I said, listen, listen, listen. You know, on some things, I, I'll spice it up just because you like it. You, you, you know, you want to go here one day and then you want me to wear this the next day. You know, she, I think I got enough clothes, but she just wants me to have more. I don't know why. I mean, because she likes to see me in different things. I mean, I ain't mad with her. It's just not how I think. If I just had a black suit and all of them were good and nice and clean, you know, I'd be cool. But I tell her, I said, listen, once I made the decision for you, I've never changed my mind. So I make sure she understands that my having a sense of faithfulness and commitment is a good thing for her yeah 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 you, you need to see what are you doing pastor david i'm still selling her on the benefits of marrying me after she got the ring on all right all right i'm just trying to help you brothers adherence to principles personal behavior and promises i promise her i'll be faithful i want her to be i want her to be confident i I want to be so predictable. I know what he's going to do and say. Now, every once in a while, I try to amp it up and give her some surprise because she likes that. But even that, I'm doing it to maintain my faithfulness to keep her motivated in my relationship. All right. Consider straightforward, loyal, constant, consistent, and authentic. A person who can be consistently counted on. A person of constant, principle, of constant principle-based actions, attitude, and opinion. All right. I'm not flaky. I don't. OK, I'm sticking with this one day and then I keep my commitment all of a week. And then it's gone. And then I'm running off to the next thing. I'm going to stick with something and follow it through to completion. Faithfulness. Hallelujah. All right. Here is my key definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness is enforced obedience to a critical principle Long after the thrill of initiation has gone, and even longer before the desired results have come. Ah, ah, okay. Faithfulness says I'm going to stay obedient to something, and then after the thrill is gone, I'm going to still stay with it. You know, like. I know brothers who was all excited all the way up to the marriage night. And then once the thing that they was believing for, hoping for, and praying for manifested, then after that, then when the work came after that, they was no longer excited. All right, that's a marriage example. went over some brother's head, but I think most of y'all got that. All right. I have to be committed to something even when there's promises associated with it and I'm staying committed to it after the excitement that happened when I started the journey, left, but before there's any sign that there's any manifestation and I'm going to stay faithful in that zone. Brothers, you're going to see this tomorrow um, in service as we go through the ABCs of faith when we get down to the endure expectantly. That's the principle. I got to stay faithful To the thing that God has promised, I got to stay faithful to when I'm believing God to move in an area of my life based on some promise long after it's it's no longer exciting. People ask me, how do you how do you stay? um, Man, you 26 years into your career, GM, man, you've had to hustle, you know, um, being being. You know, a manager and an executive at my level with my with my beautiful, rich tan. Has its own challenges that other people don't understand. And so I'm often dealing with young African-American engineers and they saying, man, how you do what you do all these years? Listen, I got to find my own thrill. It has. I create my own internal motivation to stay consistent. I have to develop a why that won't change based on what other people around me say, think, or do. Does that make sense? All right. Faithfulness is enforced obedience to a critical principle long after the thrill of initiation has gone. Because we can start with thrill. We can get excited. I'm going to do this, and then after a while, want one. And after the thrill is gone, can you still stay with the principle? Even when it seems like the manifestation that was promised is still a long way away. The thrill is gone and the results haven't come. Can you still stay faithful in that zone? That's what God is requiring of us. And even once the thing has manifested. Some brothers, right? And this is is the thing that happens in marriage. People stay faithful. You know, they pursue the woman once to get her. And then they no longer date her. You you understand what I mean when I say that, right? Like you gave her a bunch of flowers to get her married. And then did the flower shop suddenly stop? Did did they all go out of business after you got married? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You knew she liked gifts when you married her. Man, it's quiet up in here. You, you knew she liked she liked being showered with love. You knew she liked to spend time talking with you. She, you knew she liked these things. And then after you get her, you don't think you have to do it because we married now. She ought to know I love her. Okay, when you do that, <laughs> I don't have to tell her no more. Okay, you no, know, she still needs to hear it. Right. And you want to be faithful in that regard. All right. The scriptures there, and I'll just refer to them for reference. Um, why don't you uh, media team give me Hebrews 11, 38 through 40. Hebrews 11, 38, uh, 11, 38 through 40. Hallelujah. For the media team. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 32, talks about the hall of fame of faith and the difficulty those people went through. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having attained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So they were faithful to principles sowing seeds that they knew that they would not harvest. And they still stayed faithful even if the benefit of their faithfulness wouldn't happen in their lifetime. I want to do things and have a life of faithfulness that so benefits me Or that is so powerful that I can stay faithful to stuff that I'm not going to ever see in my lifetime. But future generations are going to be blessed because of the life of faithfulness that I live. All right. Um, I'm going to skip Mark four. You guys go back and read that one. Twelve examples of faithfulness. In scripture. All right. So we'll get through some of these. Let's just get through the whole list and then I'll go back and and pick out a few. All right. First is Abraham, who is blessed because of his faithfulness. The second is Moses. Moses, the Lord said there in Numbers that he was faithful in all of God's house. Samuel, number three, he's a faithful priest. Right. He was going to be faithful. And that God was going to raise up a priest of faithfulness like him, who ultimately is Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to be faithful. Number four is faithful judges. These judges were appointed by King Jehoshaphat. And it says they were to operate um, in in, in reverence to God to serve faithfully and with integrity of heart. Number five is faithful church workers these were magis- musicians carpenters and builders who faithfully worked inside of the temple six there is prophets that scripture there says that the prophets that they have to be true messengers of god who faithfully proclaim his word that's one of the things i'm very serious about i spend a lot of time cuz i want to be faithful In the word of God, if you've seen. If you've seen our um, distinctives, we say that being a contemporary ministry is that we take ancient truths faithfully translated. We're not trying to make up scriptures or make up what God has said. We go to the word of God that has been canonized, meaning it has been that, that God has completed and documented the core revelations upon which the church of all generations should be should should know and understand and then we make sure that we take those ancient truths out things that God here before we did and faithfully translate them amen okay that's 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 what we consider contemporary but we got to make sure that we faithfully translate the word of God see that's if you're gonna stand up and preach, you can't just be preaching your opinion and it can't change because society don't like to hear it no more. Right? That's why I have problems with people who was all all up in arms, because there was a lot of Christian conservatives when 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 you know former president Bill Clinton had his marital fidelity issues, and then they was all up in arms, and the same people now is all saying Trump is the man. I'm like, dude, did the standard of righteousness just change? Did something happen between the 80s, the 90s, and the 2018s and 19s that I don't know about? Did the Bible, did God come out with a a book after the book of Revelation that said that that, what what was formerly wrong is now right? You're not faithfully translated. You're not faithful to the truth. All right, seven is the wise servant of Jesus Christ. This one, he said a wise servant is one who gives meat to the ministry household of God and he makes that person ruler. That that one scares me because he says that the person who should be ministering to the house is sleeping and eating and getting drunken and beating and and misusing God's people. Then God, Jesus is going to return when that servant is not ready. And then that servant is going to get cast out with the hypocrites. Now, if that doesn't scare you then you don't know you don't understand what that means. If you don't then you should come see me. Now as a preacher that's more of a preacher type scripture, but what he's saying is I got to stay faithful to minister and give you good solid meat, nourishing, maturing word of God. All right? Number 8 is Paul. Paul was called counted faithful to be a minister in Christ. Number nine is Timothy. Paul called Timothy his faithful son. He was faithful to the assignments that his spiritual father gave him, and he was faithful to do the ministry of the word. He was faithful to the principles that he had learned from his spiritual father. Number 10 is Tychicus. The apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 called him a faithful messenger, a faithful minister, Who would give them messages about how Paul was doing? Number 11 um, is the master servant. Jesus gave the parable of the five talents and then he said, Well done, you good and faithful servant. All right. So faithfulness is a big example. And then finally, 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 last but certainly not least, actually, certainly the greatest of all, is Christ. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of faithfulness and and um let's let's look at that one we'll we'll look at that one and then we'll go on to one more list and then we're done hebrews chapter three verses one through three don't worry i got a handout for you so you can go back and study these examples of faithfulness therefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our confession christ jesus Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house? For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, and as much as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Now notice that Jesus was faithful to God the Father. Hallelujah. Switch. God the Father is the one who appointed him. You see that? So Jesus has in mind, as he is serving us, because we are now his living house, that's what he's talking about. He has in mind that he has to be faithful to his heavenly father. That's why I tell people, I am doing what I'm doing to you, waiting to hear Jesus say two words to me. Those two words are well done. Okay. I want him to count my service to you and say that I have been faithful to the assignment that God gave me. All right. So Christ is the ultimate example of faithfulness. And if Christ is the ultimate example of faithfulness, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, then there is inherent in him putting his spirit and his heart inside me and an, uh, an inherent capability for me to be faithful, even beyond where I am currently. All right. Right. So, please understand that you have the capacity in you as a believer to walk in faithfulness. Okay? Now, you're going to have to work on some character to development for that, for that capability to be a manifestation. All right? God... Um, I know that I can be faithful. I have a pattern that when things get tough, I check out. I grew up seeing my father check out when things got tough. And so my my thought pattern says, this is just too hard. I can't handle it. I should just leave, leave her random kids as an example. Or I should just leave this job like I left the last one. Or I suggest write off this debt like I wrote off the last one. Write it off instead of paying it off. Okay? And what I'm telling you is, is that inside you now, when you made Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, is a capacity that if you sow to it and develop it, you can grow out, out of those situations and grow into a faithfulness that you hadn't even walked in before. But we have to be willing to take those steps in our journey. All right, four reasons we need faithful people in our lives. We'll start with these reasons, and we'll pick this up from here in our next session next month. Four reasons we need faithful people in our lives. Number one, in problem situations, you need faithful people the most, right? The scripture in Proverbs says that Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. A broken tooth means when you bite down on you, trying to eat something, it hurts you. Foot out of joint means the time you need to put weight on it, it lets you down. All right. The second is someone, a faithful person is someone you can count on um, that that person is a refreshing, refreshing to you. All right. This this scripture says a faithful messenger refreshes the person who sends him out with the message. Number three, a faithful person will tell you truth when it hurts without ulterior motive. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful is the way that scripture says it. Okay, so can you be faithful to tell somebody some hard truth? Bruh you don't want to hear this, but you need to hear this. I love you enough that I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. This is a difficult conversation, but I care for your, your character development more than I care how much you like me at this moment. So I'm willing to risk our relationship, not to hurt you, but to help you. Some people are willing to tell you off when they're mad. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about being able to tell somebody and the only motive you have is so that they can get better. Had a situation like this recently with a person um, of authority in my life. Um, And um, I was in prayer and the Lord said, tell them this. God, I don't want to tell him that. Okay, but are we doing what you want? Are you not your own God? No, I'm not my own God. Okay, then you need to tell him what I'm telling you to tell him. Okay, right. And then finally, a faithful person makes you better. A faithful person is a person who sharpens you because you see their consistency and they challenge you. And some of those relationships are difficult, but they will ultimately make you better. Well, praise God. That's as far as we are gonna get today.